Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. Punishment by Knife Edge Deathmatch, which is the solo works of my pal, Jane Cadigan. I had a really nice conversation with Jane that got a little pretentious at times, but was a ton of fun. Enjoy. Riding in the backseat of this, like, gold Honda minivan my mom had. Um, and she would play the... We had, like, the um, one Beatles compilation album on CD. And she would... Like, it would just play on a loop whenever I was in the car, pretty much. Um, and I just remember, like, staring out the window and um we were probably just like on an interstate or something it was like you know the usual mix of like a trees uh and corporatism that is central indiana and um staring out at that and listening to like all you need is love (laughs) (laughs) um and i think that was a pretty interesting introduction to you know what what the experience of living in the midwest was going to be like for me (laughs) yeah yeah. Yeah. Now about that CD, is that one of the, is this one of these ones that like goes through like different eras of this band or? Is yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a compilation of just like their best selling songs pretty right. much. So that yeah. is in itself pretty wild. Like as, yeah. as an exposure to early music because you uh-huh. get like the most bubblegum like, mm. pop guitar hits of, of yeah. their of their catalog and then you get this sort of uh trippy like you know everyone's out to kill us like yeah (laughs) you know where they're like obviously influenced by like the various substances and like occult Mm -hmm. iconography that they you know got into and stuff uh yeah that's um that's a good that's a that's a good uh primer for life in general perhaps but uh yeah yeah. well and just like hearing through that like kind of you know obviously at first when i was a kid like i I didn't know anything um and i i kind of took it at face value and like heard that song as like this like inspirational message um and i think like as i've gotten older and you know have started to experience like um, you know, what it means to be a part of the working class in the U S and like, um, how like our communities are shattered by, you know, the, the, the very systems that support our way of living. Um, you, you start to hear that song very differently. Um, 
it's it begins to sound uh, more. I mean, I'm, I guess in a, in a certain sense, imagine like where it's like um, just blind yourself to the realities that you're facing um, and the struggles, like the the unnecessary struggles the people you care about are are going through. Um, because like, this is the best we'll have, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's like when you're, when you're the Beatles and you've got mm-hmm. like, uh, you've got songs that have sold like millions of records and then you release mm-hmm. this song talking about all you need is like, yeah, yeah that's all you need. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you, know, you, don't, you don't worry about groceries. Like we need groceries. We need, you know, we need exactly. our rent paid. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that's all you need. Cause you got mm-hmm. everything else. You're, you're good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it is like I think that's what you were going with when you were talking about imagine is you're like mm-hmm. it's it's a uh, it's sort of tone deaf because of where mm-hmm. it, it comes from, you know. Yeah, um, and it's kind of shocking honestly, like I mean, well, I I guess I take it back. It's not shocking. Um it's it's actually the opposite. It's very unsurprising how many songs John Lennon wrote that are like in um like completely reactionary and like um don't encourage people to like you know, do any material analysis of like their living conditions and how it actually got that way. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, I mean, it's, I don't know, you know, like this, uh, this isn't a, a Beatles analysis mm-hmm. podcast, but we, we <laughs> certainly c- could go there. Um, yeah. So when, when you like, um, we're talking about this, um, this minivan, was this like mm-hmm. a, 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 like a, a family kind of wagon kind of thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. And now, you know, you're a bit younger than me, so I'm Mm -hmm. picturing something probably completely different. Like I'm picturing (laughs) just like loose kids in the back, just (laughs) jumping over the seats and stuff. So it's probably nothing like that, but um, no, no, my, my mom um, (laughs) is fairly safety oriented, I would say. Yeah. Well, Um, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just that like when when I was very young it was mm-hmm. I don't even know if like that was like a rule yet that there were you know Oh yeah, like the seatbelt laws yeah, and yeah. stuff. I think yeah. that didn't happen until the the mid eighties or something. So maybe mm-hmm. or maybe I'm wrong. That's just like when I was a kid, you know. So like, yeah. um <laughs> Yeah, I'm just you're like, Yeah, this gold golden I'm like, Wow, that shit was wild. Just kids wigging out in the back listening to the Beatles. But that's yeah. not what it was like. Um, yeah, and I think we also um um the uh, around that time period was when like the first generation of uh like iPods came out. Oh yeah. Um and so once we made the switch from CDs to like an aux cable in the car, um our our variety of music that we heard uh, increased a little bit, not, not a whole ton. Um, it went from that one Beatles album to also including some of the black eyed peas, I believe. Okay. So that was like your mom still in control. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were, uh, I thought you were insinuating that there was like a communal, like now put this on, now put this on. Oh no, no, that didn't come till much later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that didn't come until uh, closer to middle school when I got sick of hearing country music on the radio. And so um, whenever I was in the car with my dad, I would put on Metallica because, you know, that was something that we both liked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what Metallica drew you in first? Was it like... Oh, 
the definitely Black master, oh, okay. definitely master of puppets. Um, I, I think like that was I was learning like piano and guitar and violin at the time. So my my uh, background in music, I, I started playing piano when I was in uh, second or third grade, I believe. And like my background up until about high school was all like classical training. Um, so piano lessons, I was in the orchestra at school and then I was teaching myself guitar. Um, and so I think like hearing Metallica at that time and how like orchestral their, their compositions are right. Mm -hmm. Um, really like drew me in because like, you know, it's this like loud, aggressive sound, but like they're, they're doing the same shit that like Beethoven did, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, the reason why I, I thought it could have been in the Black mm-hmm. album is because that mm-hmm. seems like that would have been around that time. You know, yeah. that would have mm-hmm. been. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, you know. Like, I I remember when the Black album came out and I did listen to it, like, <laughs> a whole time before I just, like, wrote it off. But, you know, what you said is is just, like, it's so on point because, like, you know, even in Justice for All, like, I think, mm-hmm. I feel like that's really the last one where they mm-hmm. were doing something that was just bigger than just, like, metal songs, you know? Right, like, yeah. And I don't really feel like the Black Album is even very, I don't really even feel like that's a metal album, but, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm sure there's, like, parts where you, you could argue with me but it's just like i just feel like that's just a rock album and you know yeah, that's yeah. fine you know um but like yeah i don't know like it's like fucking especially like just out as a whole like master of puppets is just such a like colossal thing like yeah i mean you 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 go from like you know, like questioning like the government and like mm-hmm. the, you know, like the 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 outright support of the military to mm-hmm. like um talking about like uh the treatment of mental illnesses and mm-hmm. like and you do this with just like this uh really like emotional sounding like the whole time, you know, distortion, yeah. the, the the leads and everything. It's just like a really emotional sounding album as a whole. And it's like, I don't, I, you know, I don't feel like that ever happened again, you know? Like, yeah, and, and especially from them. Like, yeah. it, uh, you know, I think after that kind of like Bob Rock era of production, um, well, I mean, for one thing, like obviously – having access to that kind of wealth, uh, you know, changes how you view the world. And I think like when they were writing those early albums, they were probably a lot more in touch with like how most people, I mean, I know, I think James Hetfield was like working in a factory when a lot of the early albums were written. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like you, I think you can really hear that transition from, you know, being these like proletarian musicians to like they're they're part of the upper class now. They they have wealth, and um, that is pretty uh, clearly reflected in like not just like the care they put into their composition. I think, 
um, but into like the qualities of the production, like how how uh, clean and crisp everything is in the albums, like nineties uh, and onwards, just doesn't draw me in in the same way. Yeah, I was actually I was just like I was having a private chat with Paul from Hundreds of AU where I was talking mm-hmm. about like I was saying like essentially like you know like can you still like you know i think what it was as we got started with which is we were talking about like um can you divorce yourself from like the shit that like came later like with an album like never mind the bollocks for example you right. know right yeah and, yeah yeah um it's like yeah i mean your proximity to like wealth and mm-hmm. um and and uh like the 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 ease that your life you know like mm-hmm. wealth and comfort you know like i'm not saying like the kind of comfort that we can all find uh <clears throat> you know we can scratch out for ourselves you know but just yeah just that ease of life like can, yeah like material comfort yeah can you like you can't like you you can't you can't just like be full of like piss and vinegar like mm-hmm. uh when you're living in a mansion like you just can't you know yeah like, yeah it's just not the same <laughs> yeah and um yeah it's a, it's a really like it's a really interesting um it's a really interesting like way to look at the dynamics like how dynamics of music like change and because even like in Metallica's mm-hmm. uh uh instance for example like so there was an album a few years ago that I remember uh I can't remember what it's called offhand but it was it was definitely after Saint Anger <laughs> um <laughs> and it's one with like Robert Trujillo on bass and mm-hmm. um they really got back to some of the shorter and like faster songs or whatever. Right. And Mm -hmm. you're like, well, that's fine. That like, this is good. This is a, like, this is a more aggressive album than, than than you've heard from them and for whatever, but like, it's never going to be the same. It's like, you can, you can play it faster if you want, but it doesn't put the, the thing back in it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't put that like, kind of desperation yeah, that they exactly. have which like you know not that it's a good thing they were going through that by any means um, yeah i yeah. mean that <laughs> i'm yeah. sure people are gonna think it's funny that uh I, I came on a screamo podcast and talked about metallica for the first 20 minutes but <laughs> we just go we just go places yeah, you know? it's fine it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah no that that actually draws me to my mm-hmm. other point about this is mm-hmm. is um which is like it made this conversation and and in tandem with my own thoughts like mm-hmm. after the fact um was like it it made me really like think about what we uh what we demand of artists mm-hmm. like and you know another um another big one for me that is is uh Armor for Sleep just released a new track like this week and um and like musically you know with a 
slightly more like raw sounding production, it could fit then, right in with their best albums musically. But vocally, it's just not the same at all. Like, yeah, I don't know if like Ben at some point just started taking like vocal lessons, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if it's because like a lot of the hardships that he was going through, like back when he wrote like um, things to do when you're dead or uh, I'm, I'm probably mm-hmm. getting that name wrong. But when, <laughs> when he wrote like their best two albums, like um, he was really going through a lot of stuff. And, and like, yeah. I don't know if like, you know, it's now he's in a good place, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I hope that's it. I hope that's it. I hope that's why, you know, uh, these lyrics aren't coming out of him. Like he needs to, say it to save his own life you know what i mean yeah yeah but because like, he's in a better place yeah 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 but it's like personally listening to that mm. i can't it doesn't resonate with me as much and i'm like right that feels shitty <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean because you're thinking yeah. like you know you're like it sounds this sounds like more of a person who has their shit put together a little bit better or whatever or or who's just like refining their craft if you want to you know use that uh Mm -hmm. term and then i'm just like it just doesn't hit with me because because i need something to sound like somebody's life depends on it or whatever yeah you know yeah and and like demanding i mean it's kind of that um like the the myth of the tortured artist or whatever where like why do why do consumers expect like to, to be able to hear someone else's pain um, in in that way and, like, why when things, you know, change for the better in an artist's life, um, I, I'm, I think that's a pretty common experience of, like, people who were into the artist or their work, at least, um, when, you know, they first started out um, lo- losing interest. Um, I don't know. I think it's an, it, it says an interesting thing about our like consumption habits. Yeah. And um, maybe that's something people should think about more, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, to be fair also, like the genre doesn't mm-hmm. like the, the genre is not like also guilty. It's not, True. Like true. because nobody like you don't have to put on a Charlie CX album and like mm-hmm. you don't have to hear like tormented s- sounds coming out of that. You you put right. that on yeah. and you you're like fuck yeah I feel good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like the genre is partially to blame as well because mm-hmm. you know I mean you're not gonna just like. <clears throat> You're not going to expect the same things. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's actually that's um, there's an interesting parallel between that and like what I've been going through lately, running the archive, um, because like I'm you know when I'm um, compiling all these links, basically is all I spend most of my time on. Um, I am listening to you know like hundreds or thousands even of, of, uh, different albums and bands that are all in this same, like pretty niche genre. Right. Uh Um, and like after a while I realized like, Oh, like this is making me an angrier person. Like I am getting more hostile because I'm spending all my time listening to like this same type of music. And it was at about that point where I was like, you know, maybe I should just listen to some Marvin Gabe today. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember one time, like, um, my partner, who's not typically, like, a, a very, like, like, she's not depressive, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and I remember one time, you know, several years ago, like, you know, she she just like was working she was like delivering food and and she just like calls me and she's just like oh i just feel so depressed tonight and i was like what's going on you know and blah 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 and like it and it turns out she's listening to like and serenading and like uh, power of failure like literally on an eight hour shift just like nonstop. and i'm like turn turn mineral off you know, yeah, like you gotta you off. gotta listen to something that's not going to <laughs> drag a, you down if yeah. you're already feeling that way. Just turn that off for a little bit. Like, I mean, when it's mm-hmm. when winter starts coming around, and then, um, and I'm already feeling a certain kind of way, and then like, it, I instinctually start playing like three hour Cure concerts. <laughs> you know, then it's yeah. like. No, 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 no. Okay, stop. Go read some comic books or something, you know? It's like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. yeah, and it's interesting how, like, you know, um, obviously, like, being an artist, um, like, the, the creation of these works can can um, take a lot from you, whether that's, like, energy-wise or some other way. Uh-huh. Um, but I think in some ways, like, even just, like, listening, like like, consuming this content can also, like, take things from you and that's not necessarily a bad thing right like I, I i don't i think it's good to listen to music that like makes you feel like seen or like that there are other people who have been through similar situations as you mm-hmm. um but recognizing that like what you're choosing to spend your time consuming is also like a an, a, a direction you're focusing your energy in right yeah um and I think that's kind of what guides, like, um, whether I'm spending time uh, archiving stuff, because I, I archive, like, through MidwestScremo.com, but I that's also, like, my real job, too. Um, I restore and repair films and audio tapes, mostly from between the 60s and 90s, um, for, like, major corporations, basically. Okay. <laughs> but... Um, And so, like, if I've spent a long day, you know, restoring films of, like, somebody's military footage from the 70s or whatever, um, that takes a lot out of me. Because, you know, it's it's going through and preserving this, like, this film that is just, you know, sometimes literally videos of, like, someone committing a war crime. Um, And... On days like that, I can't spend more of my energy on preserving things, even if it's for, like, the site, because, like, that just took it out of me, you know?
still washes over you in that way, you know? Yeah. Like you said, like, um, sometimes you put yourself into your own projects in a certain way, but then, like, sometimes it's just uh, the background noise, you know, that you, yeah. that, that, you know, does this certain thing. I don't know. It's, um, I find I've, I've, I've always had a lot of, uh, trouble, um, just like keeping my thoughts in a straight line. So like I ha I have to, to a certain extent, um, put myself like sort of in a method acting kind of like I have to, you know, really like, um, concentrate on like, uh, like, and, and delineate like <clears throat> my, um, my point of view, you know, when it comes to yeah. like, uh, writing and, um, and stuff like that. So like, um, there's, there's a, a way that that, affects me when I'm working on my own stuff. And then there's like, when I'm just listening to stuff, there's like the analytical part of my brain that takes over. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's almost like when you are working on something and you forget to eat, like, you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I've done that many times. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, in that same way that you forget to eat, like you mm -hmm. don't realize what this is doing to your emotional well-being perhaps yeah yeah you know? totally like, totally because you're i hadn't thought about it that way before but yeah that's exactly what it is yeah because you're like you're in an analytical mode you're like the guitars are doing something interesting oh mm -hmm. how does this interface with that you know how does this work mm -hmm. how does that work and then the next thing you know you're like zonked you know you're like yeah you're beat you yeah. know and you don't you might not know why yeah, and especially like um, I think we we share this experience um, in some ways. You've obviously been doing it for longer than I have, but like the the experience of doing it all yourself and like recording each instrument on your own, um, whether that's in a physical space or digitally, um, yeah, can be pretty taxing. And I, I don't know, I've, I've started to learn the joys of, uh, you know, trusting other people and letting <laughs> other musicians work on like projects I care about and like truly just like stepping back and letting people express themselves and however they, you know, want to. And like, sometimes that doesn't line up with how I feel a song should go or whatever. But I try to remind myself that like, that's not the point. You know, yeah. the, the point isn't to make perfect music. It isn't to make things that like are exactly how I envision them in my head. It's it's to give people an opportunity to like express themselves in a way that is like unique to them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, if you yeah. want to make a sandwich like mm -hmm. then just. It, like if you want to make a sandwich and you know exactly Mm -hmm. the way you want that sandwich to turn out, then you might as well just make it yourself, you know? But right. like, if you want to like say, you know, you know, what would be really good is if we did this and we did this. And like, if you want it to turn out differently than you'd expect, then you have to just like let somebody put, you know, olives mm -hmm. on it or, or <laughs> whatever you might yeah. not have been expecting, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> you're like, you know, olives with, with, um, with, with this kind of cheese, you know, 
you know, I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, yeah, I, was, I was better off before I started getting specific, but but you know what I'm saying. It's no, just, totally. Yeah, I get yeah. I get what you mean. It's it's about that like that trust of you know stepping outside your comfort zone and like um it, it really developing like a a true sense of of trust artistically at least with another person. Yeah. Um, which. You know, when I first started out, I didn't realize that that wasn't an easy thing to do. Like, yeah. that's something that takes time and practice. And, like, um, I, I already struggle with, like, uh, taking social cues sometimes. Just I, I'm autistic. And so sometimes, you know, I get a little lost. Um, and so, like, discovering that over the past few years has been, I think, like, one of my favorite experiences to be a part of. Um I did a show uh, two months ago now up in Indy with two of my friends and like, um, you know, we didn't go into it like having like a super specific like uh, vision of where we all wanted the band to go. It was like just some songs I had been working on for a couple years and then I asked them to help me uh like play them live and it just wasn't the same experience you know like i i would rather go back and uh start from scratch with those uh two other people and um you know see what we come up with as a group instead of like having tried to like dictate it all myself or mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. yeah <clears throat> i mean that's the um that's the real like uh fortune of um the way that um being able to record yourself has become more mm -hmm. accessible to folks is that you do have that option to be like you know i'm gonna have this one thing that i i you know i focus on entirely myself and i dictate like all the parameters of this and then mm -hmm. you can have something else where you literally just go hey like I'll throw down some drum beats, do whatever the hell you want, you know? And Yeah, um, and is that pretty much what you did uh, with their names, Michaela, right? Um, yeah, for yeah. For the felony for existing? Yeah, Michaela just sent me, um, like, they actually were like, <laughs> so the, I haven't talked about this part yet, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but they were actually like, <clears throat> if I send you a couple songs, like, can we do this thing? And I was like, yeah, yeah cool like um yeah let's do like five songs and they were like cool and uh they they sent me um these drum files and so i put them in my daw and i was like this is like 30 minutes worth of shit like what the fuck <laughs> i was like this isn't like this isn't five songs like what and um and so uh, and so i had originally asked one of my friends uh mm -hmm. to to do the vocals and she was like, cool, because um, I, I asked her under the premise that it was five songs. Mm -hmm. And she was like, cool. And, um, and then when I opened up the files, I was like, we're going to need more vocalists. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I put the, um, I put the, the call out on, on Facebook, and I mm -hmm. got like 20-something responses. And I was like, fuck. Like I don't want to turn anyone away. This this like project was really important. Like you yeah, know, totally, totally. And, and I was like, I don't want to turn people away. And so I was like, I 
I was, I was, I, you know, I wrote like 25 songs over these parts in like a couple days. And then eventually I just had to be like, look, I can't take any more people. I'm sorry. 25 songs like, was like a lot, you know? Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's a lot of labor. <laughs> it's five times more songs than I thought I was going to do, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah. And then, and then, you know, I also, I also, uh, just based on having done similar things in the past, I was also like, I better be ready to write some fucking lyrics when this deadline hits because, um, some people just aren't gonna yeah right be able to make it for one reason or another, you know? And mm -hmm. like, and, um, and I'm like, that's fine. No problem. Like I'll, I'll be ready, you know? And, um, and so my partner and I actually were like, <laughs> my partner was, I said, how many, how many songs do you think I'm going to have to sing on? And she was like, 16. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. No, 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 no. It's not going to be 16, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it ended up being eight. But, um, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, you know, it ended up working out. And it was, it was cool. And it was, I mean, you know, it, it, it obviously was different than the de facto release because it didn't, right. like, it had a time limit. And the reason, like, for that, obviously, is because we wanted to kick it out in Pride Month. But mm -hmm. um, the other reason for it is um, I just couldn't, I can't, like, I couldn't do that again, like, right, yeah. right away. I could not do... Like I cannot do chasing people down for like an entire year for a vocal. Yeah, track. totally. Like totally, it, it's, um, like the de facto record was, and I mean we will do another one, but like, <laughs> <laughs> especially because like I, someone, <laughs> I I sort of put it out into the ether that I wanted someone to do a vocal track, right? And then, and I was like. Ha ha ha! Wouldn't it be funny if this person did a vocal track, and this person added me yesterday on Facebook, and I was like, "What the? Like, why did this person?" And I was like, "Oh, I know why. Like, these dots are all starting to connect." Like, I jokingly was like, "This person from this like most one of the most influential like screamo bands that got like bigger, like hmm. just added me on Facebook." I'm like, "The the word must have got out because we have like." a lot of mutual friends and stuff. Right. And, um, right. And then I, I actually also, also, um, uh, you know, I did a podcast where, where I chatted with one of my favorite, like defunct screamo bands, like guitar players and vocalists. And I was like, at the end of the call offline, I was like, so I just did this thing. And, uh, and he was like, hell yeah, I'd, I'd be way down for that. So like, there is another one coming and it's gonna, nice. it'll have some heavy hitters on it, but I, I'm just like, ah, oh, do I really want to get right back into that? You know, like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and especially when you're doing all that work by yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, but I mean, it, you know, it's like, there's like in de facto, like I did do the drums. I did the guitars. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom did the bass, um, which, mm -hmm. you know, Tom, fucking crushed it tom made the songs like um but i didn't as do, usual <laughs> i didn't do all the guitars i had uh seven other guitar players i did 
Um, oh yeah, and yeah. So right. I was, yeah. I was sort of. That was another thing that I had to keep track on. But actually, mm-hmm. the guitarists for the most part came together really, you know, really nicely. Every, and like everybody really delivered on like something that made their style like, like what like it was like I, I could imagine their style, but like, you know, um, I don't know. Anyway, like. Um, just when you're talking about like having to do it all yourself, it's like, yeah, you can't really, when you have a project like that, you can't really have several coordinators, you know, cause then it's just right. telephone, yeah. you know, cause I've yeah. done, I've done compilations like that. Like where it's like, can you ask some bands to be on compilations? And, and, and then it's just mm-hmm. like, it always ends up me being in the end, me be having to go back to people and ask people, did this other person ask you this, or did this other person tell you this? And Instead so, of yeah, yeah, it's like as much as the word middleman is is tied to my identity, I don't need middlemen in this. Uh, <laughs> like, I <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one we need in these situations. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I you know, and that's uh. This is, uh, you know, 15 minutes or whatever of, like, uh, conversation that people might find useful if um, mm-hmm. they're ever trying to do something like that. It's, it's True. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to honor the spirit of collaboration, which is, like, just letting people do whatever the fuck that they want. But you mm-hmm. also have to have, uh, you have to have, like, some, some structure. There has to be someone... One person, I'm going to stress that, that has to make sure that the the T's get crossed and the I's get dotted yeah. or whatever, and then and then you have to, like, you know, you someone has to have a, a vision for it, and that person needs to be able to step back and let everybody do their thing, but they have to be the person that collects all of the files they need and mm-hmm. and you know if you're gonna have somebody else mix it then it all needs to come from the same person don't yeah do yeah. not do not like for crying out loud do not send do not tell pe- tell people to send an engineer like don't have this all let it all come to you make yeah. sure that it goes into your DAW and you make sure that Everything lines up right. That everything looks good. Everything's good yep. to go. Don't torture some engineer like that, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and especially. Um, I, I actually, I, I don't think um, I've told you this before, but um, I was in school. I was at the Jacob School of Music for Audio Engineering um, for a few years, and you know, it ended up just not like really being the right fit for me and whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. I think part of that experience that was really valuable is it gave me insight into like how like the professional audio industry works. Um, and it also like helped me recognize that I kind of have no interest in being a part of it because yeah. like you, when you're doing like the engineering side of that stuff, you have like so you have to work with so many different people who have so many different ideas about like what sounds good or how something is supposed to be formatted or whatever. Um, and like half the time, all those people could be right depending on the situation, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, 
like taking on that role as the engineer, you're you're kind of uh, committing yourself to to disappointing some group of people at you know some point because like you're just going to have different ideas about how something should should sound or be. Yeah. Um, and you know, as someone who uh, <laughs> struggles receiving uh, negative feedback sometimes, I just realized that you know um, maybe picking a job where like uh that is not all i get all the time is a good idea (laughs) yeah 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 i mean um especially in audio because it's it's just there's a lot of there's so much there's so much that is um it's um case dependent you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, because yeah. like there's re- there's recordings that I've done where like I just heard about something, uh, some technique, you know, or whatever that I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And so I applied it to this recording, like sort of without understanding like the the like situations where this would be a good or a bad idea. It's just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was presented to me as like a blanket statement, like do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and then and then and sort of like not just trusting that my ears were saying, I don't I don't know, you know, and just mm-hmm. being like, well, but this is the way, you know, and and um <clears throat> and then later like of course, just being like, oh, gosh, why did I do that? You know, now this recording <laughs> yeah. just sounds like this, you know. But, um, yeah, it's it, it it's just, yeah, and then, I mean, and then there's just, like, the stuff that is hard to explain. And, and like, I, <clears throat> like, I can't even explain it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it to somebody because, like, I don't, um, I just know that it's a thing. Like it's like the whole like turn the bass up a little. Yeah. It's like okay, how do you explain that that can't be done? Like right. Do you know or what like, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, actually, one of the things we talked about a lot in classes is like finding objective quote unquote uh, definitions for what like adjectives to use to describe different types of sounds. So, like, what does bright mean to one person? What does warm or muddy mean to another, you know? Um, And (laughs) I think the intent was that they were going to tell us, like, my professors were going to tell us, like, uh, teach us how to hear what those words actually meant. What I really got from it is that um, anybody who tells you an objective definition for how a mix sounds uh is probably full of shit (laughs) (laughs) like there's there's people's ears are just too different your ears are affected like based on you know when you ate last and like um how hot it is outside and like so many different things that like um it just i i don't know if there is like a good way through language to communicate what you actually mean unless you're using like scientific like test instruments to like narrow down like okay like this is the specific frequency that i don't like or whatever and like that's just not fun you know like (laughs) especially for the the average music listener
Yeah, that's just like, you know, what I was uh, getting at is just like mm-hmm. how it's always right at the very end when you think mm-hmm. that someone is satisfied with the mix overall, then will come in the comment like, well, I just, just turn the bass up a little bit. And then, and you're like, well, I mean, we're at like, we're at the ceiling here for mm-hmm. like what, where things can go. So yeah, what I have to actually do when someone says turn the bass up is I have to de accentuate yeah. other things. Yeah, to make the yeah bass exactly. Sound. And it's like, and then it's like, well, I can't, well, now this doesn't sound right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, um, obviously if you're better at it than me, then you can, you know, figure out how to make all these compromises work for other people. But that's like largely why I don't mix a lot of stuff for other people. Unless I'm like, I know how this band wants to sound. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, yeah, totally. Then I'm like, okay, you know? <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. That's something I've, I've always, you know, like I said to my partner ages ago, I was like, I'd like to go to school for that, but it would be pointless because I do not yeah. want to do that for a living. Like, yeah, I don't want to yeah. do it for a living. I like to go just cause I, I want to, I want to be able to parse what I've come to know on my own with what other people expect with what the standards for these things are. I'd like to know right. both sides of the bridge, you know, or whatever. Um, but that's, you know, that it, it seemed pointless, you know, especially yeah, it's, it's making a, Screamo records, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> from from my experience, at least, uh, I think pointless is a good uh, <laughs> a, a, a good description of it, and also expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I got I got lucky because I, I grew up in Indiana, so it was in state tuition. But um, you know for for the there are a lot of kids like that i went to high school with and stuff that like would go to schools in like new york or like boston if they're at like berkeley or whatever and Mm -hmm. like i just can't imagine like paying that much money for like someone to tell you what the word bright means in a musical context (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i remember you know like in the late nineties, it was like full sound, full sound, full sound, you know, everybody. Oh yeah. 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 Full sound. And then it's like nobody. And then like by the like mid two thousands, it kind of seemed like full sound was a, was a joke, you know? But, uh, yeah. Actually someone from full sale, uh, visited my high school. Right, like sale. we, we had a, we had a recording, uh, studio at my high school because like my music teacher got a grant when they were like adding on to the building or something. Um, and so that's where I learned a lot about like how to record and mix. Cause I just had like a ton of pretty much unsupervised free time during my school day with like fairly nice equipment. Um, and we had a guy from full sale come in and he was like pitching the school to us. And then pretty much when he left, our teacher was like, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about all uh, you all applying there, but I thought it would be an interesting experience to see what he had to say. <laughs> yeah. It's um, when you're talking about like <clears throat> university experience, like mm-hmm. I, I was, I was reminded of like uh, this band that I did called it kills me. Like we did this, um, we did a recording with a, <clears throat> with a four track and mm-hmm. we we just we took we took like um two microphones in the room 
and for the drums. And then we put a microphone in front of each guitar cabinet. And then we figured out how far away from the microphone that we needed to um, yell <clears throat> so that these two microphones in front of our guitar cabinets could pick up our vocals and our guitars equally. So like <clears throat> we had two microphones for the drums mm -hmm. and we had a mic, a mic each because it was dual vocals right? for, for one person's guitar and vocals and the other person's guitar and vocals. Wow. <laughs> we did a recording that way and it's yeah. up on Bandcamp and I'm, and I'm like, this is good to me. Like, this is good. Then <clears throat> the guitar player was like, I got a buddy at Purdue. He's in the, he's like in the audio department at Purdue. And he, he said he'll record us like for his class. And mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. And we went over there and this recording was like lost to me for like, uh, it's 20 years. Probably. I found it like mm -hmm. last year. <clears throat> and I remembered these songs. Like I remembered the songs from playing the songs. And I'm like, if I ever find that recording, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to be so ecstatic. You know, I'm going to be like, just like, fuck, you know, or throw <laughs> it online. Like that day, the lost recordings. Uh, cause every once in a while people are like, did this band ever have other recordings? You know? Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, I found that recording and I was like, Oh, fuck you. Like it is so bad. Like, it is so bad. Like, we had no idea what we were doing. I just had a Fostex 4 track. We set up yeah. the mics in this fucking wonky-ass way, got this yeah. really genuine sounding, especially of the era. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, right. and And then this person, I mean, they had, they had like, you know, the, the whole, like, monitor room. They had, like, the mm -hmm. soundproofing. You know, they had... All the shit that like you need to do something worth the shit, and it's like this is shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I mean, he didn't like know what we were should sound like or whatever. But it's just right. like, it's so bad. Like, I'm just like, I can't do it. Like, <clears throat> I mean, I'd rather just like record the songs all over like myself and just pretend that I'm the other guy like singing it and, <laughs> and like just do the dual vocals myself. I'd, I'd rather yeah. do that than like ever let that recording see the light of day. It is so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, um, that's interesting. I actually just, um, I had a, a couple friends who recorded an album. I think it was on an, it was on an eight track, um, last year. And, um, it's interesting because like the the I did the mastering for it. Uh, it's the the band's called Liminal and it's their EP Rodents and Water. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, getting getting the mixes like it was um pretty clear that they had been done on an eight track. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of uh, alcohol and substances around while this recording sure. process was taking place as usual. Um. Sure. And so, like, these songs are, like, incredible songs, right? I mean, like, some of some of my, honestly, maybe my favorite release that's come out this year. I mean, I did get to work on it, so maybe that makes me biased. But, um, and it was just, like, kind of a shame because, like, the, the mixes were so muddy that, like, you couldn't hear, like, 
what the bass and the guitar were doing because like they were just totally clashing with each other. Oh, okay. Um, and I was really grateful for like the quote unquote professional training I'd received or whatever in that moment, because like it helped me know like, okay, th- I can carve out like the 500 to 750 Hertz range. And then like, you're going to be able to differentiate between the bass and the guitar now. And, um, listening back to like the original mixes of that song compared to the masters, like, the 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 clarity at least and like being able to hear the individual parts and like have the song kind of feel cohesive um i was really grateful for that experience but then there have been other situations where like i just totally fuck up a mix for a band or whatever because like i'm coming at it from the professional angle instead of the like this is something people recorded in their basement angle (laughs) yeah 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 so in that one instance did you like <clears throat> did you do stuff like where you where you took like the mix and then you 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 would copy it and focus on like one element to bring one thing out and sort of treat it as like a separate track or or you um, I didn't about... I didn't do I didn't do a whole ton of like parallel processing or anything. Oh, okay. Um it was mostly um I mean I did for like uh the tracks that were really like rhythm heavy like with a lot of drums i would um compress the crap out of them and then like mix in a parallel track to um kind of thicken it up a bit um but i think mostly what i was doing is um trying to cut some of the the mid frequencies to just like give the vocals and guitar space from the bass and then also um honestly just like compressing everything to like well not not compressing i guess uh turning up the gain so that the the transients on the drums are like barely clipping and then compressing because it just like made that whole record punch a a lot more um which is technically like not a professional way to do it or whatever um because like you're not supposed to have anything clipping in a digital audio workstation but the thing is like uh, if you know what you're doing and if you actually listen to it, like digital clipping does sound good. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's one of those things is like I said, it's like mm-hmm. there, there isn't yeah. a, it's a case by case thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> forever. I was seeing forever. I, I pretty much like would see people say, Oh, you don't need anything under this. And oh, mm. there's gonna be this. There's gonna be this whole huge muddy area around like from 180 to 300, you know. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> and then it's just like, why do your guitars sound super thin and shit? Mm-hmm. You know, because you just cut out like so much of the body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's like, I mean, none none of these things. Um, <clears throat> I don't think any of these things like can apply just like across the board, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You got to like take it each, like everything is on a case by case basis and like actually listening to the artists and the song and like what you think the intent of their work is. I mean, you know, sometimes you're wrong and like that really sucks because you realize like that this idea you thought was really cool, like the artist hates or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, um, I, I think that's a, an interesting way of like reminding yourself to like 
look at projects you've done before with with new eyes you know yeah and just just have fun yeah <laughs> no but uh, it's like okay <clears throat> so Ansperata, liter- <laughs> literally zero zero equalization anywhere really no, really none anywhere Interesting. I never None. would have guessed that. <laughs> the vo- the this is this is it. The vocals go, they 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 get sent to a reverb track. That's mm-hmm. that's it. There's no compression on them. There's nothing. Yeah. Like it was just two days being so picky about the way that the microphone went into the speaker. You know, it was just like it was all that, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, and, the, and then the, there's our split with Piri Res, which like it's Stratocasters. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm I'm literally using Stratocaster, and and it's like double. It's stereo guitars, both of them Stratocasters, and like plenty of EQ. It's like. They're so they're so different. They're both fun. Can play yeah. either of the songs live. It sounds like the same band to me, you know. And mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know, you know. Don't worry about it. Like yeah, fig- it, it, figure it out, you know. It's gonna be different just because you know it's a different day. You're recording with different people or with different gear, and like obviously you're just gonna have to treat it in a different way. I, yeah. I think as I've um, I've been recording for. Uh, seven years now and you know I'm still like that. that's still that's a long time or whatever but that's not like that long compared to you know people like you who have been doing it for decades and stuff like that um, and the more I do it and I don't I don't know if this is true for you the more I realize that like I don't want to spend time like on the computer mixing like I would rather just move the microphone a couple inches and have a different tone than like bringing up an EQ that's going to add like weird phase shifting to it and stuff. Um, but that's definitely like a learned skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it takes a long time to get to know your gear well enough to know like, okay, um, you know, if I'm using the SM7B on the vocals, it's going to sound way different than, you know, if I use like a 414 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, it, I I really, with me, it just depends on the project. Like, because yeah. I can't, um, I like, it is not really, like, mentally possible for me to approach th- these different projects the same way. Like, I just, mm-hmm. like, I just can't. Like, sometimes, like, uh, when I, when it's go time, it's go time. And it's just mm-hmm. like... I can't stop to think. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you've, I need, you've, I need, you've got to use what you have right there. Yeah. And I can't, like, let the, I can't let that, like, uh, momentum pass me by either, you know? And, and, um, also, like, uh, a lot of things, a lot of other things take up, um, a lot of other things take up my, uh, time and attention. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I have, like, if I'm, like, I have three hours to record these drums, then I don't have two hours to like 
um, position the tom microphones, etc. I'm <laughs> right. like, it's time to play the fucking drums, you know. And um, yeah. and um, that is a detriment and a uh, and a, a a boon, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, it's both. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Totally. And it's both at different times, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, when we were talking about the de facto, that's like mm-hmm. literally something like I recorded all those drums, like boom, one sitting. Like almost all of them, like first take, just like I, I'm like, I'm going to do this beat. I'm going to do that beat. I'm going to do that beat. And I'd like practice it once, then hit record. And that was it. And it was like, that's like the kind of thing where it's like, when it's go time, it's, it's it's time to Mm -hmm. go. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think that actually approaching these projects in these different ways is also very uh is also very fun and in and conducive to like uh the creative experience because you don't just go okay now i'm gonna place this microphone three inches above this and then i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna tap it out and i'm gonna, gonna go see what frequencies i'm hitting and then i'm gonna try you know like you you can approach it in all of these different ways sometimes it's analytical and sometimes it's just pure barbarism like just hit the shit out of the drums and Mm -hmm. and deal with it later you know yeah Um, totally totally and uh yeah i don't know that's you know what's uh that's one of the most fun things about it and why it never gets boring to me yeah yeah, i've actually i've got a question for you uh um i've been listening uh I, i listened to that patreon comp you recently released on uh, oh, yeah. human machine yeah. and uh that was the first time i'd heard metastatic before oh yeah um, <laughs> that, was, that project uh... that project is crazy i love it so yeah. much yeah i I'm, um, I'm i wish that was a, a thing that um that more people i'm hoping that's a thing that more people will uh you know listen listen to yeah. i think that that uh you know uh EP, I guess, you know, it's a, it, it's a, this weird spot that's right between an EP and an LP for a screamer. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's like seven or eight songs. is like, that feels like it's a little more than an EP, but. I was going to ask, um, what approach did you take when you were recording those drum parts? Was it just sit down, get the mics set up and, and play and uh, get it done? Okay. So I did, um, I did, I was at that time I was doing, um, I was doing a bit uh, like I was, um, recording a, like a lot of drums for mm-hmm. a little while. And so I feel like my drumming on that is pretty tight. Um, yeah. And, um, and also like I, over the course of recording for like several projects, I just kind of was fine tuning like what it, um, 
what it was like before I started playing and also after. So like, what I mean by that is, uh, by the point when I recorded that, I was, like I said, I was recording a bunch of drums. And um, so I had gotten really comfortable with where I was putting everything. And so that makes everything go into your DAW better. And then at the same time, like I was um, learning how I liked my drums to be processed a lot. And so um, I didn't actually mix that recording. Steve Roche from Permanent Hearing Damage mixed that. But the thing is like, I was sending Steve some partially processed drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I wasn't, I wasn't like, um, I wasn't like comping the shit out of the snare, et cetera, et cetera. But there was probably some, and there was like definitely some like carving out of the noise of the bottom snare and, you know, right. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then letting Steve do like the, you know, the real lifting after the fact. But yeah, it was, I definitely got to the point then where I was, um, I was really happy with the way my drums were sounding and I was playing a lot. And, uh, so yeah, I, I, um, I, I just, uh, you know, I would doing so, um, briefly that recording is, uh, is sort of a part two of three of like a sort of a trilogy. Right. So like the never better record that Mm -hmm. Tom and I did, that's like part one. And then metastatic is like part two. And then part three is the Lazar L, uh, which came out last year. And so, um, in each of these, like, this is like, I send Tom just drums. That's it. And Tom writes all the music over top of it. And what I did in particular, every time I sat down to play the drums was I thought to myself, um, what do I want to hear Tom do? Like, <laughs> and it like, what's my favorite shit that Tom does, you know? And like, also what can I, pl- what do I think that I could play that might mess with Tom a little bit? Like, mm-hmm. like put, put, push into new territory. Perhaps, you know, like yeah. not, I'm not, not that I think that anything that I could possibly play would be difficult for Tom to <laughs> of write course, to. Of course. But what would what would be what would be weird, you know? Like yeah. and so I think there's more than one like waltz on on the between those three, probably. <laughs> and because my partner actually like pointed it out, like, you like to make Tom try to waltz, don't you? You know? And I Yeah, there's a lot of three, four parts um, on the <clears throat> You, how did how did you pronounce it? I've always said it Lizarel. How do you say? Oh, it? I don't. Uh, Lizarel, I think. Lizarel. I th- cool. I, yeah. I think, I've never heard that said out loud, so I could be wrong as well. <laughs> yeah. Lizarel. Lizarel is the way I've been saying it. Um, but uh, yeah, because that's um that's Luca's uh, uh, Luca named that. She named it. Oh, cool. And, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, um, I don't actually know how that's pronounced, but, um, yeah, like definitely, you know, it's like, what, um, what, what do I love hearing Tom do? And like, what do I think? And like, so a lot of times just like, let me see like what now I'll have in my head, like a whole th- song 
Like I'll, mm-hmm. cause that helps me remember the way the parts go. Right. So I'll basically write a song in my brain and then I'll play along to my own song and mm-hmm. then I'll record it. And so right. I'm like, what's going to be different and what's going to be similar. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. Like, because you, 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 there's, um, what I would call like, you know, when you're leading someone somewhere, like on the right. drums, that's a really like, it feels like something you can do. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah, totally. Like, if you fucking go, bum, 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 dicka, bum, 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 like, you kind of know what's going to happen, right? Right. Like, right. but somebody can surprise you. And so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Especially when you're working like digitally like mm-hmm. that. Be, where they have like all the time in the world to like go, oh no, that's too obvious. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if right. you're playing with somebody live, that's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to do that. And then they're going to be mm-hmm. like, shit, that's too obvious. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like, ah, but you did it first, right? I caught you. Um, it doesn't have to stay that way. But like right. you said, digitally, it's just there's more time to experiment and like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, exactly. and, and have fun. And so, yeah, it's um, it's really cool. Like, you know, when you, when you have that um, like – mindset where you just uh yeah i don't know you're trying like you i always am like you know i know no matter what like tom with tom specifically like i'm mm-hmm. gonna get the best thing right. that i could ever so like that's that no worries you know yeah and you, then can, it's you just, can just send over whatever you think will be cool yeah and and then it's just like what like what can we like Let's see what can happen if I, like, you know, what if there's all this open space? What if the, what if there's none? What if it's mm-hmm. just jam-packed? You know, what if it's this? And, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I advise, like, people to just take these uh, these concepts into their songwriting just, like, period, you know? like um, Right. You know? Uh, but, yeah, um, you know, we uh, we've been chatting for a while and and uh you know it's been a lot of fun and i i am certainly one to uh to pontificate about like the process <laughs> you know et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah but um you know before we take off like let's talk about uh what i assume is your main project um knife edge <laughs> deathmatch now um yeah uh, you started that uh, a couple years ago, and you've had a few releases. Um, the the newest release, like now your first um, long form release, or however I don't know what you mm. consider it, um, was definitely more like harsh uh, sounds and, and yeah. falls. I mean, I don't I don't know um, noise terms, <laughs> so like I don't want to call it something that it's not like. That's not, um, but it was definitely like more harsh sounds and more like wall sounds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But your newest release, um, PS Two Thousand, which just came out um, mm-hmm. this month on the fourth, um, is much more like uh, ambient sounds and 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 some some very like uh, um, like some very like pretty tones and and it's a lot more um cyclical feeling you know uh yeah not not drone necessarily in any way you know um and um 
I noticed that it said that you recorded it like a year ago, but you yeah. just released it. So like, run me through like what made you say, okay, I'm going to go away from the first major thing that I did and do this, this whole other way. And mm -hmm. also like the reason why you sort of sat on it for a year before releasing it. Yeah, so um, I've been making noise music specifically since about, like, probably late 2018, early 2019. Um, before that, I was mostly writing, like, folk songs, um, stuff that was very influenced by, like, Bon Iver and Sufjan Stevens. Um, and I guess in some ways, this music is still influenced by Sufjan Stevens because, you know, he also has noise adjacent <laughs> releases. Okay. Um, but so like when I was going through this period of my life, I was, I had just moved away from my parents' house for the first time. Um, I was kind of going through like rejecting, um, the person I had been and the things I was into when I was in high school. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I made a bunch of these noise tracks. Um, I was living in a, um, dorm room and I was pretty much always around my roommate who is a really nice guy. I like him a lot, but you know, like when you're, when you're trapped in a room with somebody for that long, and this is also like, right. As COVID was starting to ramp up, um, you tend to, uh, need to decompress, somehow mm -hmm. and so like the the way i would do that is by just making like the uh harshest sounds i could make and then also like um something to like kind of counteract that feeling so something a lot more like ethereal i guess mm -hmm. um and so these tracks off ps2000 um i recorded while i was doing a lot of reading for um after i was in the audio engineering program i switched to labor studies for a little bit and then i just dropped out entirely and uh, got a job and joined a union and that's been a lot more rewarding but um <laughs> so i was doing a lot of research into like learning about the history of, you know, colonization and like the U S empire and stuff like that. And I wanted to make some sort of like l larger piece that reflected, you know, um, the, 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 the past of this country, um, where we are currently and what could be in the future. And so, um, on PS2000, the first three songs are are pretty um, are still somewhat harsh. Um, they're they're not like what the stuff I released on like her affliction or anything. Mm -hmm. um, less less metal influence, more more just noise. Um, and I think they're they're meant to be reflective of like the the disintegration of like this, this, uh, neoliberal existence we, we are dealing with, um, this time where like the, the crises of capitalism begin to like, uh, reveal the holes, right. The, the gaps that they, they can't make up for the contradicts contradictions they can't resolve. Um, and so you can actually hear that. And, um, that's, you know, uh, obviously like why one of the songs is called degradation. Um, is that song is re, re, uh, uh, symbolizing what we're going through right now, where we like, it seems like everywhere we look, there's like 
a once in a hundred year event that's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that track is meant to be symbolic of that, like feeling of just like overwhelming panic and anxiety for the future. Um, and the final track still life is, um, what I hope could come, um, out of this, which is, you know, um, people in the working class realizing that they have more in common with each other than they do with like our, our corporate overlords right now and, um, organizing together to like create a place that, um, you know, actually, actually values the lives of the, of the people who allow it to function and is, uh, run accordingly, uh, not to get uh, too into political detail, but, um, yeah. So with those tracks, um, I, I wrote them at a pretty different time in my life. Um, this past year has been, uh, fairly stressful in a lot of ways, um, beyond like the things I was used to. Um, and so I kind of made a bunch of these tracks and then just forgot about them because I had other things to worry about. Um, so the timing was just me waiting for the 4th of July, basically. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. It makes sense. I didn't, <clears throat> you know, I didn't know if it was like one of these things where, you know, you, you, you were, uh, you, you were walking back and forth on whether this, what feels like, I mean, this is some, this is something, I mean, these albums were released like years apart. So it's like, mm-hmm. but it, but if you listen to one, and then listen immediately to the next, it feels way more dramatic, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, so one might think like it was, it was some apprehension between that shift, like, or being like, um, maybe this isn't the direction I wanted to go. And then finally Mm -hmm. just saying, nah, it actually is. But, um, (laughs) so it was just sort of like a lot of things like, Mm-hmm. became more important than worrying about your mix down, et cetera. And then it was right. just like, once you were done, you're like, I want to release it on this day because the themes mm-hmm. definitely, um, coalesce with, uh, y- you know, that date and how, um, it feels like the way things are unraveling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think, um, the my biggest focus for this project, obviously, it's still a lot of stuff where it's just me sitting in my room. I have like a Casio, um, or no, it's a it's a Yamaha keyboard from like 1982 that was my dad's that I run through like a bunch of digital guitar pedals and such uh, to to make some pretty crazy sounds. And like some of the songs are still just that. It's just me in my room or whatever. But then there are other tracks where you know I'm trying to incorporate like. Um, the nice, the, well, I, first I should say the nice thing about noise music is you do not have to be a musician to take part in making it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, or a trained musician at least, because I think everybody in some way, I would uh, say that had, about punk had, music in general. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I've been getting a lot of like just people I care about, um, regardless of if they consider themselves a musician to help me like just making these sounds, uh-huh. um, and that's why, like, the, the releases have been pretty frequent. Um, I took a break for a couple months here recently, but I think December of 2021 through, like, March of 2022, I was releasing at least once a month. 
Um, and that was because I was able to, you know, count on other people to like help me make things that felt new and, and fresh, at least to me. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful to, you know, have had that experience with the people I care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just want to like underline my point there, which is Mm -hmm. like, you absolutely do not need to know what the fuck you're doing to like do something cool. Like, yeah, exactly. If you, I don't care if, if you can play drums or not, like it doesn't matter if you have something, if you have an idea, if you Mm -hmm. can do it the same way all the time, like you're good, go for it. Right. Like that's really, cause I mean, or even if you can't, even if you can't do it the same way, if it feels the same way every time, mm-hmm. then you're good. Like, if you can make a f- feeling or a sound repeat itself, mm-hmm. like, then you can make a song, you know? Like, that's, yeah. that's my idea. Like, if you are, by technical standards, like shit at drums, <laughs> but, like, you can do a pattern you you got it you're good yeah that's all that's all it takes yeah and I, and i think everyone should try it um yeah. and i try to especially encourage like my friends who you know obviously like a lot of my friends are already musicians or whatever but um getting my friends who don't view themselves as like artists to like <laughs> kind of step out into the dark and um make something that they didn't know they could do uh has been really really rewarding and like i I think the the best art i've gotten to be a part of has has always been a product of you know people taking risks yeah i mean like okay i'm gonna be real like if you if somebody goes do dot boom boom dot dot on the drums right Mm -hmm. like a good songwriter can do something with that yeah exactly now if you are in a band with Nick Clemenson from Frail Body, <laughs> like, okay, you're blessed. Like, you yeah. know, no <laughs> yeah. doubt, right? But, like, anybody can write good fucking songs with mm-hmm. Nick. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. If, if anybody is going to shit on somebody's, like, lack of talent and say, I can't write songs to that, like, that's on you. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's my point. That's on you. Yeah, that's it's, not, it's because you have to, like, actually listen and you're engage not, with, like, what the other person's doing. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're being short-sighted. You're, mm-hmm. um, your imagination is lacking. Like, yeah. if Nick Clemenson <laughs> throws down the sickest beats anybody's ever heard, like, you can practically just let your guitar feed back and you've got an amazing song. Like, right. And, I mean, Lowell could write the shit out of anything i'm my point is lowell mm-hmm. could fucking write a song over boom dot boom boom dot dot do you know exactly. what i'm saying yeah. my point yeah. is you don't need that if you have the desire and 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 mm-hmm. and the imagination just just fucking go for it and like you said everybody should yeah. everybody should just yeah. try it you know just for the fuck yeah out. and even if it's shit like you don't have to release it you know <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just have some fun like be weird but, yeah. Um, well, Edie, it's been really nice talking to you today. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yeah, of course. Um, before we go, though, like, uh, mm-hmm. let's um, 
talk about the uh, Midwest Screamo, Screamo archives that you've oh been, my God, yeah, that you've been working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm because bad at like, self-promotion. <laughs> oh, no. I just think it's a cool resource and people yeah. had that haven't gone there, you know, and checked it out, mm-hmm. like, can check it out. Um, yeah. You, uh, so, like, up until this point, as far as I know, um, mm-hmm. it's just kind of been, like, go here and hit up the links for bands from like the area, Mm -hmm. you know, in the Midwest and, and a little further and whatnot. Um, but, um, now you're starting to do like, sort of like mini reviews and stuff, or just like, in like having artists talk about their inspiration and whatnot. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The featured section. Um, I've, so I've just been reaching out to people who are in bands that I like, or just like musicians that I know. Um, and honestly, like, pretty much anyone it doesn't have to be somebody who considers themselves a musician just mm-hmm. to write like a short paragraph or two about um a band that's on the site that they really care about or that changed their life you know um and so we did our first release um yesterday or yeah yesterday um with Seb from Meth uh Alex from Shingard and then I wrote a little piece about uh, Frail Body um Seb wrote about Lord Snow and Alex wrote about William Bonney. Um, and, you know, I just like, I want to use it as a way to like, obviously the bands, the bands that we covered for this one are like, at least as far as Screamo goes fairly mainstream or whatever. Um, but as we get more into it and as more bands are taken up, people are going to be like forced to write about like smaller and smaller groups. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I'm hoping for is just like people to see like that the artists they look up to find this other band cool. And then, you know, maybe that leads them to something that inspires them. Yeah, for sure. So tell people how they can, uh, check this out. Like what's the URL? Yeah. Uh, it's just midwestscremo.com. Um, that's also like my, uh, my social media tags tend to be some variation on that. My Instagram is midwest.screamo. Um, that's the only one I'm really using much right now. Um, and also, like, Facebook, it's just Jane Cadigan. Um, but people can submit music if they have a band that I've missed or if they're in a band that I've missed. Um, there's a little tab on the top of the website that says submit music. Um, and that's been super helpful. Um, I've had a lot of people like reach out and send me, you know, projects they did like 10 years ago that like maybe only a couple people have listened to and like, it's really incredible stuff. And so I'm just glad that like, uh, you know, people are sharing the things they've made with me. (laughs) And that was my conversation with Jane Cadigan. Thank you so much, Jane, for taking the time to chat with me. Definitely go over to the Midwest Screamo archive and submit your band or your favorite band if it's not up there already. Also, if you'd like to check out what I've been up to, go to patreon.com slash human machine and have a look around. Until next time, take care and do good things.